0: Special, extra spectacular, completely curricular Did that for you, Ken, episode mm-hmm. of Normandy FM. As always, I am one of your co hosts, Eric Van Allen, joined by Kenneth Shepherd, and we're here to talk about Dragon Age Inquisition. Ken, mm-hmm. we've got a fantastic character this week. We've got the one, Do the we? only colon. I just look, I think I think a good character now we want to talk about problems in the storytelling of the character that's a different story entirely but i like this character i have turned around on this character and to help me reinforce my claims and shoot down yours oh leona Robert here is from game informer how are you doing today
1: i am great i am ready to defend cullen as a character but not the cullen voice actor
0: (laughs) very very specific distinction we've got to make uh, <laughs> just really got to put that up front.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Colin as a character, uh, I, I'm interested to you know, Liana, like, what brought you to this character, first and foremost? When we talk about this, this character and why this character is endearing,
1: I like his, I'm a really big sucker for characters that have the redemption arcs. And I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like is he the best redemption arc in the franchise? No, not absolutely not. But I feel like I don't know, I, I as a veteran and as a person that when I was younger has done things that I'm definitely not proud of, like little backstories like I grew up homeless. I, you know, off and on and just made some bad decisions along the way. And, uh, you know, there's things that I wouldn't want to be held to uh, that i you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And I feel like that's something that, I don't know, I'm not alone in feeling. I think a lot of us have you know, said it or done things or been a part of things that maybe weren't the healthiest. And uh, I feel like that is very much evident in Cullen's arc. I, but I feel like he is definitely a character that you really can't appreciate unless you've played all three games and really looked mm. at Him as a character, as a romance option too. Because I feel like unless you romance him, you also lose a lot of that nuance too. Even just as a female mage in uh, Awakening, or not Awakening in Origins, that flirting option that you can have with him when you rescue him, does that lead anywhere? No. But it adds a humanistic element that even though he's like, oh my god, mage is evil, da-da-da, which is obviously bad. And especially his attitudes in Dragon Age 2 are god-awful and abhorrent you still f- see uh-huh. him as a person and you kind of see the the cause behind the effect a little bit and i feel like in dragon age 2 that also continued with hawk if you continuously talk to him as hawk especially as a mage you know he starts out in the game you know in dragon age 2 of saying like mages are not people you can't trust them but you see him softening to that the more and more you talk to him and uh and I liked that. And I liked that because it's, it wasn't, a, oh, you're fixed. Like all your trauma is gone and all of your, you know, your personality defects and these defense mechanisms you've kind of armored yourself with, they just magically disappeared. Like, no, it's a really long, long and, and often messy process. If it wasn't, therapy wouldn't be a thing. And you kind of get to see the fruits of that process in Inquisition, especially if you romance him in Inquisition as well. It just sucks that you have to have a good character arc ro- tied to a romance. I don't think that's right. I mm. think this these characters are so beautifully written that you shouldn't have to bone them to see them for who they are. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm. <laughs>
0: no um i mean we've already kind of encountered that once uh with solace and and the fact that there's like a huge amount of lore and just information tied behind solace who is like a very specific romance character um but the thing i really like about colin that you touched on and i think that what ultimately changed me for this playthrough because i mean in my first inquisition playthrough like yeah sure colin was there and he was an active participant in the inquisition but if you lined him up with five other dudes who look kind of similar, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't pick him out. <laughs> but um, I think what changed for me this time was maybe the format of this show just made me notice that Colin was this running thread and and was this character that was going through there. And Ken, we've talked about this idea of like you know, Dragon Age. Uh, is more of an anthology sort of series where it's not as interconnected and intertwined as Mass Effect is. It you know each one can kind of stand on its own while still having through threads, but it's not it likes to one character's it is, journey. Least... Well, yeah, um, but with Cullen, like Cullen is one of those few characters alongside like Alistair and, and Morgan who can really you can see the thread running through, and also I feel like. He, he is very you know his his threat is very one note but mm. it, you know it's really just kind of about him hating mages and being a templar that hates mages and being kind of for lack of a better word like indoctrinated against that stuff to gradually coming around and, and coming to grips with it or not depending on you know what you choose in this video game if you are a bad person mm. or not <laughs> uh, but um mm. it's uh I I came around on it just because when I got to the point where I had to try and convince him to give up his his past a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, it felt like a decision that it wasn't just my inquisitor making, but it was like me being this person who had seen Colin in three different places at three different points of his life, being like, you need to make a change. Like, I I know mm. you better than you think I do, and you need to make a change in your life. Mm. Uh, how, how did you feel mm. about it, Ken, as, as the the person who wants a little bit more of that stuff?
2: I think what I kind of struggle with is that I've, like, I, I play a mage in all three of these games. So, like, I've seen Colin, you know, at these various different points. But I've also seen the ways in which he hasn't changed, and I, like that is because I am playing a character that is constantly at the receiving end of his bullshit. And so, like, when I got to be Inquisition, I was kind of I was surprised at how little actual thoughts and feelings I had towards Cullen, like as a like as a trilogy long character, because like he had felt very one note, like you said, to me the whole time. And I don't really feel like, and maybe this is to go into where we're talking about how like, there's kind of some stuff that's hidden behind the romance, which I obviously haven't seen. Um, I feel like I didn't get a sense that he was necessarily uh, apologetic for the things that he had done in the past. He was more just like, struggling with like, a very specific part of being a Templar and what it means for him to leave that behind in terms of like you know his health, mental, physical, and how he can help the Inquisition. But I don't really feel like I ever got that sort of like apology for... Be, like being the mage for the entire series and watching him be the person that he was that entire time.
1: I could see that. I think. Oh. I think a lot of it yeah. is is the nuance of the character. Like he's not. He's not a diplomat. He's not. He's the. Far, he's a little farm boy and kind of dumb. He's not the smartest mm. character. He's not smartly written. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's not good with words. Uh, but I feel like, and again, this is personal bias kind of coloring it just as somebody from the military but I feel like a lot of military people especially the setting in which he's kind of written in is more actions speak louder than words type thing and I feel like mm. him trying like especially if you're pursuing a romance with him he tries to kind of warn you away like you don't know what I've done yeah and the fact that he specifically says you not not you don't know what I feel he says you don't know what I've done so he's like taking ownership of I fucked up like I have done things mm. that are irredeemable especially to you if you're interested in you know what i mean like it's it's that kind of warning of it's kind of uh, to me and i definitely i definitely see the antithesis to this as well like please don't take that as i'm not seeing that but to me i felt like that action of being willing to continuously kind of self-isolate himself was a form of an apology But yeah it would have been nice to see especially Mm. his romance arc with a mage i would have liked them to flesh that out a little bit more to have that conversation of like okay as a mage i'm willing to overlook this but i need to understand it fully like let me and let me have time to process it like i think it would have benefited the romance as a whole if 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 you're a mage Mm. to be like i need to think about this and have your inquisitor like go do a mission or something and then come back and have another conversation because I feel like mm-hmm. if it was in my position, and I heard all that I don't I think I would I would be open like at the very least not as a romance, but I would be open just as a friend to be like, okay, let you're obviously trying to move past this point of your life, let me help you. But I don't think I would have been it wouldn't have been an instantaneous thing like there's internal processes yeah. that I think have to happen first, especially as a person right that's a part of the affected party, but I felt like. I felt like they did a good job in the in this in the third game of making him take ownership of it. Of like, yes, these bad. I mean, he really dwelled heavily on these bad things happening because he is a victim. Like they don't ever say exactly what happened, but it's pretty heavily implied. And uh, that kind of shit changes you, and it really does. And. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it, it leaves scars, but I like that they didn't just rest on that. Like, he, it, it was very important for him to be like, no, I, 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 this happened to me. And yes, this may have been a defense mechanism in response to what happened to me, but it was still me doing these actions and saying these words and turning a blind eye. Cause even though he didn't do a lot of the stuff that Meredith did in Dragon Age 2, if you're turning a blind eye to it, it's just as bad as committing it yourself. And, mm. That's right. yeah. something that needed to be addressed.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's important at this point that we like do some some like scene setting because like going into this week, I was I was talking to Ken about it and uh, I made the joke in the Discord. I was like, "Oh, this is the least amount of like playtime I've had to do for a week yet." All right, <laughs> like because honestly, if you, if you look at like what Cullen's actual like companion quests are in this game, it's it's very very slim. You just have really one conversation uh which is like the crux of his character for for all characters and then you have the romance after that um he doesn't have any big sweeping quests um not even like compared to characters like Josie who you have to go and find things and go to marketplaces and talk to people and stuff Collins is very very like small small scale yeah. mm-hmm. and i've i found that interesting because this is a character that carries forward from all these different dragon ages where he has i mean arguably like dragon age 2 if you're coming from that game right into this seeing cullen show up for the first time and being like oh yeah this is the guy he was the you know um number two under meredith at kirkwall and he's helping us out the inquisition like I think if you didn't already know who Colin was, you'd be like, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh "Oh, this is a bit of a problem." Um, but it's—I I think it's interesting. Like, so his one, uh, his one quest that we have, uh, perseverance that everyone does, is—it's um, it, like highly implicated that he's, he's struggling with stuff, and you can go talk to him in his quarters, and basically, he's like, "Look, um, you know, Templars to maintain their powers." Uh, have lyrium like you know and and this is something that we've known in this universe for some time that that templars use lyrium to maintain their powers and especially if you've done the the templar side of the inquisition stuff up to this point you you know all about how they just are basically hooked on lyrium forever um and he tells you he's like i want to leave that behind me he left the templar order when he came to the inquisition um and that also meant to him that he was leaving Delirium behind and he shows you his kit he's like he's got the the little kit and everything and he's basically like i i am leaving it i don't want to do it anymore but like it has been known to cause significant effects on a person once they stop using it and he's basically like are you okay with me stopping or do you want me to start using it again so i could be better use it, of better use to you and maybe i just didn't appreciate it enough for the first time around maybe i was a younger person with less life experiences the first time around but this scene hit really really heavy for me because this is a person who is like Showing someone their kit basically and being like, I am having a problem and I need you to help me. And I'm maybe that's the part of it that really opens Cullen up for me is he's always been this like stalwart character who's very much like I'm doing what I'm going to do. When you meet him in Dragon Age 2, he's on his own little investigation to uncover demons and the Templars and all that. And here he is, like, just at the end of his rope. And he's finally like, "Okay, I need to reach out for help because I don't know if I can do this by myself. It was like a very heavy moment for me. I think I can relate Um, to a
1: lot on that. I think, uh, too, I think what kind of hit me with that, too, as well, with the kit, is I remember talking to a dev. hmm. I mean, it it wasn't like Mark Draw or anything like anybody like that, but it was a person that helped part of the creative team. And she was saying, she was like, I always imagine Lyrium withdrawal to feel like heroin withdrawal. And I thought Yeah. That was, yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that's another reason why I think that, because that scene always hits me like a kick in the face um, with the kit when mm-hmm. he throws the kit. Because I, I, I mm. you know, about 10, I, I want to say 10, 15 years ago, I went through a really bad breakup and I left the person because of their heroin addiction. And I Uh remember coming home to our apartment one time and they sold all my guitars and all my microphones and all my stuff and swore up and down they weren't still using. And, you know, there were many nights where we would go, no, you know, days and days and days without sleeping, trying to help them through the withdrawal and feeling like their skin was trying to suffocate them and feeling like all their bones were simultaneously breaking at once. And so when she said that to me, I just kind of flashed back to that and just, you know, eventually I did leave because it was very clear it wasn't going to ever change. And eventually, you know, you try to help people as much as you want. But I mean, this was years of me trying to help this person and it was getting to the point where Mm. it's either I stay and help this person and my mental health will probably push me to do something permanent to myself or I recognize I've tried to do everything I can and try to leave in a way that they have help to them if they need it but no longer through me and that was a really hard time like I I felt really guilty and I would keep tabs on them to make sure they were still okay and but I, I just it was hard because it and it changed their minds like they thought everybody was talking about them all the time they became really paranoid nightmares became really bad um, Everybody was out to get them. And they never used to be like that. And it, it was definitely attributed to just the withdrawal. Like it, that drug really turned everything against you. It turned your body, your mind, everything against you. And so when she said that, it kind of made me look at Cullen in a whole different light because he's already dealing with PTSD and the nightmares that are associated with that. Now imagine with these withdrawal symptoms that prey on that. In a universe where oh. you have the fade and there's demons looking, you know, the, you know, demons were a part of his PTSD and demons are waiting and, and then now you're in this setting in inquisition where demons are literally coming into the real world from the fade. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how triggering would that be to know that you're in a fight against these things that tormented you and not only that but you're fighting against and in charge of protecting the very people that you were scared of for so long like he had to overcome a lot just by being there overcoming a lot and and you see that naturally too like you you see you know with when you if you side with the mages he's really against it at first and then he you know eventually grows to respect your decision even compliments you on the decision and this is that kind of growth takes time and and I see why people don't like him, but I also feel like there's a lot of nuance to his character that I think gets buried because he looks like the generic Tom, Dick, and Harry with blonde hair, um, and then uh-huh. he just, you know, he is. He comes with a really hateful, hate-infused backstory, and with real life being filled with hate, nobody wants to put up with that in the fantasy world and have sympathy for a person like that,
2: mm.
1: but I don't know. I just... I I, maybe that's my personal experience kind of coloring my bias. that's why anytime I talk about Dragon Age like at work or if I write anything I'm very clear in my articles like yo I got a lot of bias for this series I love this series so (laughs) Mm. please you know just recognize it being very upfront with that bias but I don't know that made me feel for them that they would consciously make the decision knowing I could lose my mind and not only that but it's a slow descent it's not a quick death it's I'm gonna be in agonizing pain until the day I die and he went with that decision anyway, and it takes a lot of strength. I liked it. If only his, his voice actor could be as strong.
0: <laughs> well, we we will we will get to the 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 modern the the real life <laughs> issues. Um, Ken, how how did you feel about about this scene? I guess like for for me, like one of the things that that came to mind was like, we've we've talked a few times on this podcast about how the inquisitor is put in a place of like making decisions for people and like did you feel that way or like like how did how did you come out of the scene feeling about that that moment where you're kind of helping him choose which one is the right one right thing to do
2: i think it didn't affect me in the same ways in terms of like say like we did with cole like last week mm-hmm. where yeah. we are like making this you know life altering decision because there was a part of me that was like at this point still viewing cullen as like this templar that like has given me nothing but shit the entire time i've been here mm-hmm. and i'm of like several minds on it because i ultimately i, I did tell him to stop taking the lyrium because as i said earlier like i maybe i'm like i've missed conversations or dialogue or something but like i've never felt that cullen had this sort of like really apologetic uh perspective on things that happened to the mages like you know i i side with the mages and i let them be free roaming people in the in the inquisition and he immediately is on my ass about that and i'm like we are capable of free thought like i don't need your approval and i don't need your lectures and i'm I'm not a fan of like when conflicts like that happen that are like rooted in prejudice and like a perception of people Mm. and they sort of like way that writers choose to handle it is to just not bring it up again because I don't think that's actually confronting the issue I don't think that is the ways in which like relationships can be repaired or like you know take that next step which is something that like I think they did exceptionally well with Cassandra which like we talked about when we got to her episode like I've I've really felt the arc of like people that did not like each other grow into like each other throughout that game when I was playing you know the anti-chantry pro-mage kind of Uh, character um ultimately though like i sort of my feelings when i got to the actual decision like it was sort of my way of like forgiving someone that was never going to say sorry to me and being like i'm going to tell you to stop taking the lyrium because it is one it is like a tie to a past life that you don't need it is physically hurting you It is mentally hurting you but it's like if I can help you move past that, maybe one day that you'll be able to move past all of your, all of the biases you have against mages and all of these uh, perceptions of who I am, what I want, like the things that I am using my power to influence. Um, so like, I, do, I don't know that like I need Cullen in another game, but like it did, that was sort of me like putting a cap on where I am going to, like I would like to leave him, being like maybe one day he will be better, maybe one day. He and I could have a conversation that is not doesn't have like a weird tinge of like I don't actually trust you, dude. You know, whenever I talk to him, like we talk about the fact that I have power. Um, granted, like it's not like every single time that Colin ever spoke to me was fucking negative. Like there's like the chess match in um, mm-hmm. Skyhold, which, is a which great scene. I yeah, really like yeah. that scene. And you know that's where like the fact that I'm amazed like doesn't ever really come up, and we are able to like see that clearly. There is a version of our relationship that is civil, that, is, uh, that we care about each other as friends. Um, I just don't know that I've really got that in Inquisition, and I don't know that I care to try and get it in a future game either. I could see that. Interesting. I could see yeah. that. I,
1: well, that's the problem with BioWare, though. As much as I freaking love that studio, I mean, I literally have them inked into my body, and, like, we'll be doing more soon, mm. is they hide things like they unless you upturn every single stone, you know, proverbial stone and you go back and talk to a character a billion times in a playthrough, you're going to miss a lot. The amount of people that don't even know that he Cullen says that mages aren't people line in Dragon Age 2 is insane to me because I thought mm. that was just a natural part of the game. And then I find out that not only are they not seeing that, but they're not seeing the afterwards either where he actually admits he was wrong and saying that during Dragon Age 2. And it's like that. Mm-hmm. And that's bef- that's when he's still beholden to Meredith. And I thought that was kind of an interesting it wasn't a turning point by any means, but it was definitely like one of those moments. of like, hmm, I wonder if I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, I wonder if Bioware is going to do something more with this character. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of one of those thoughts where like, no. OK, he's not just this asshole that's just a dick to be a dick and but I do Mm. I do agree with you though as much as I I do love his arc and I feel like he has a lot more to him that a lot of people give him credit for I do agree with you that there should have been more of an acknowledgement they did such a good job at tailoring like how people dialogue options when you meet new characters if you're a mage if you're a canari like they have those differentials Mm. so why wasn't that any of that represented when you talk to the inner circle like especially with a character that's so rooted against mage's
2: right and something I, I wonder is if that because like i you know before inquisition was actually, actually announced i had like a gut feeling that Cullen was going to be a party member and then they have like these sort of th- that was before we knew that the, the concept of an advisor was ever gonna be a thing and i wondered like if he had had that extra step of like being in the party like being like there being like banter that we get like you know mm-hmm. when we're traveling around or like and he had like an actual quest that involved you know going out of skyhold and handling something else would there have been that next step? Yeah. Maybe?
0: Yeah, if, if his if his quests that you did in this were a little bit more fleshed out, because, I mean, like, beyond the romance stuff, we've talked about just about everything that happens with Colin if, you know, if we're disregarding some of, like, you know... I, I will admit, like, some of the stuff with... If you do the... um What's the name of the, the game that, that Varric... The Wicked card Grace. game that Varric... Yeah, yeah. If you play Wicked Grace with everyone, like, Cullen has some fun stuff in that, and, you know, he's kind of the butt of the joke in really? a lot of different scenes (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but it's uh in terms of his own character like we have that and then we have the romance where uh you can kind of start up a romance with him and uh he tells you the story about the coin and you can decide to take or or let him keep the coin and all that but it just feels like there was a lot here and then like some part of it got taken out at some point like there's just it's missing that little extra bit uh, like he says like take it over and and really make Colin feel like he's he's taking a, a step in this game and maybe some of that is just um like inquisition still feels kind of rooted in some of its older desire to want to have this mage v Templar conflict and so it needs to have that voice at the table that will be the that will downplay any sort of thing because I mean look that's a it's a very bioware thing to have you have a binary option in front of you you know a or b and then everyone on your party is either for a or for b and you have party members come forward and say like well you should do this and you shouldn't do this and the other side's like no you should do this and not do this and and it feels like cullen is is there to be that anti-mage voice um and i i think i'm just at the point where i want bioware to move further beyond that because it Mm. lets their characters breathe a lot more and have a lot more evolution when it doesn't feel like there needs to be a character in your ear saying, like, no, it's okay if you make this choice. (laughs) It's okay if you hate mages. You have somebody on your team that hates mages too. That's all right. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's necessary anymore. Um, Just from playing stuff like Baldur's Gate 3 in the early access, like, I'm starting to appreciate a lot more just... Characters who are who they are and they might do things that are just straight up evil and they're like, yeah, I'm fucking evil. <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> like, yeah. I I want to be powerful. Like, do you not want to be powerful? And sure, you may encounter situations where, like, I think the numbers that came out today were like 75% or something like, like three quarters of all Baldur's Gate 3 early access players took what is arguably the good option in the early access versus the evil option. But like let the evil option be evil let you like role play into that i don't think you need to have characters who necessarily need to like applaud you and laud you for that and say like no it's okay to be evil it's good to be evil no it's evil to be evil yeah. so let me be evil <laughs>
1: yeah have you ever done have you guys done um a full evil not evil but like a full bad inquisitor run i did
0: oh, i've been oh my tempted God, don't to do
1: it it'll make you feel like the worst piece of shit in the world mm. like Walking into a tavern and seeing Cassandra drink herself into oblivion because she can't stand to look at me sucks. And
2: mm. Oh, I mean, Ken already had that scene. Does.
0: <laughs>
2: I, and that's because I was like, the maker is not real and may just deserve rights. But, yeah. well, you know. Yeah. Like, it's, um, I
1: don't know. That hurt, man. And then like Dorian calling you a cancer because he's like my favorite. I think Dorian's my favorite character mm. in all of the Dragon Age games. And so, to, for mm. him to just look at you and just be completely disappointed, and yeah. I don't know. And then mm-hmm. just the trespasser DLC with with Cullen. If you make him go back on the Lyrium, his ending. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up next. Mm. Like,
2: well, I was gonna. I wanted to touch on one thing. Well, before we kind of like move away from the romance, because I gotta like, if we can theory craft about this for a bit, why does Cullen not? want to get with dwarves or kunari inquisitors cuz like with with the solus one like there was like a definitive reason in terms of like the story that it tells in that um about why he was racecated. I th- I, think, mm-hmm. I think I
1: think it's a kunari thing I think it's from Kirkwall I mean this dude is rooted in PTSD and mm. he fought through the kunari rebellion or the kunari invasion as a soldier like mm. And, and, and a soldier that was already kind of going through some shit. <laughs> like, he was not. He was at. I mean, in, by a mission of Cullen in the game, he says, like, Cullen was the darkest, or Kirkwell was the darkest point of his life. That was when his hatred was at a all time high. He was self flagellating all the time. Like, he was not in a healthy place. And then to fight against the Canary Invasion, which was building for, what was it, three years, I think, two years before that happened. And mm-hmm. to have that tension as a military, because when you're in military, you're front line. So that tension may have not bled out until a couple of years into the Dragon Age 2 timeline. Mm-hmm. But as a soldier, that's always at the forefront of your brain, no matter what. And then <laughs> I think that I think honestly, to me, I'm, I'm in the minority here and I will 100 percent. I'm totally cool with that. I was so happy to see that a canari wasn't a romance op not dwarf because I can't think of a good fucking reason for a dwarf but for a canari mm. I feel like that would you're gonna say he's cool with you know this redemption arc with mages and that's awesome but he still has he's still fighting through that prejudice but he's just supposed to conveniently mm. ignore all that for a canari
2: is there is there like a point in the dialogue that you've seen that where they, like, he addresses, like, oh, you're a Kanari I, I had this bad experience with canary or is that something that's kind of left unsaid?
1: I honestly have not played, I haven't done a canary playthrough yet. I tried, and I just mm, okay. couldn't. I, could- I need a- I will do it when I mod it, but Dragon Age Inquisition is so hard to mod, but I think the vanilla canary designs in the character creation are so fucking ugly. Mm. <laughs> As a female, mm. like, the guy ones looked beefy and awesome, so if I ever did a male canary but i would end up romancing dorian again
0: (laughs) yeah i i i hate to say it but like when i read that for the first time that cullen is like just for like human and and elf only i was like i mean cullen doesn't strike me as the most open-minded fella and Mm -hmm. and he'd be like he'd be like yeah you know human girls and you know like elf girls not too different for him but like I don't know if this dude's got the imagination needed to uh to ride the Iron Bull. You know what I'm saying? So like,
1: I actually love ride our Iron a, Bull Cullen fan fictions. I don't know why, but it's like my, no. my oh, oh my those God. exist. There's so okay. many good ones. Mm. Well, I know what I'm Girl, doing tonight. I got you, I got you with the recommendations because they are so good. <laughs>
0: This is amazing. Through multiple episodes of specifically Dragon Age, like the the Pax panel, and then this, I'm learning so much about the fan fiction world of of Dragon Age. It's so much more expansive than I, I ever that's knew. That's
1: all I do. I'm not even kidding. If you pull up my phone right now, you'll see dra- fan fiction. I am I'm a sucker for. Oh my God, I'm a sucker for Morgan and uh, female Warren fanfics, and I'm a I I'm a sucker okay, for yeah. fucking c- call it I'm you're gonna hate me, Kenneth, and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I love you. Please don't hate me. It's I love Morgan. it. I love. I never got it. I hated <laughs> it. I hated it for so long. I was like, guys, that's so fucking dysfunctional. And then I fucking read this really good fic where it was a side, and what that wasn't the focus. The focus wasn't even a romance-driven folk uh, fanfiction. It was literally a retelling of uh some of the events and then it leads into like basically meeting the first archdemon it was really great it was like 80 chapters it was a really great fan fiction really wonderfully done i think they're like actually a published author now but um it was a <laughs> backstory so it was like one chapter was dedicated to just your observation of them and I, I get where people were going with with the, like the chess scene because there's a very easy camaraderie between the two, which to me is a very cool marker of his progress of kind of confronting his own bias. Because not only is he friends, mm. becoming friends in a in a trusting manner, not just look we're friends, like haha I'm reformed. But like it's a very easy friendship with not only a, a mage but a mm-hmm. Tifer mage, which is like the ultimate boogeyman in Thedas. I thought that was really telling, but she did the she painted the scene where if you side with the Templars and not the mages and Dorian comes to the gate instead and him and Cullen have that exchange Um, and she wrote it Mm. from the perspective of when when Dorian's like well then you think no better than a blood mage and she wrote that line from the stance of like that was a very pivotal turning point for Cullen to be like oh like oh like I'm Oh, like you know, kind of as seeing mages as people. <laughs> um, that was one of the tiny little puzzle pieces to the bigger picture of kind of reconciling his broken image of mages as a as a general people. And I it was just so beautifully done. I don't read a lot of them, like it's not my it, it's not one I, I will read every tag of because I feel like there's a lot of fetishism that goes on in the community that mm. is honestly just disgusting. It's like, I'm just writing smut <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, but like Mm. that's really fucking toxic in its own way. <laughs> but like, if there's, <laughs> if there's, I like the ones that you, and you can usually tell by the first chapter, I've bailed out of a lot of fan fictions from the first chapter, but you can usually tell as like, okay, is this a deep dive into their characters from like a healing standpoint of them helping each other? Or is this just, Oh my God, cute boys go kiss. Like it's, that's the issue. Mm. And, but I, yeah. I just love that dynamic. I love, I am such a, sucker for tropes where opposites attract and the mm. y- 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 yin and yang and I feel like they are kind of the embodiment of that because like you said earlier Dragon Age is all is so fixated on the, te- the Templar versus mages and that even yeah. as a friendship just as a friendship I love the fan fiction sport which just focuses on them as friends it's like I just love that because it's such a visual representation of that two-sided coin and to kind of see that reconciliation between the two and seeing like a meaningful bond more than just like comrades in arms. I don't know, it just it hits really nicely. I I, I think that's why I mm-hmm. like to also pair Josephine up with like a like a I don't know. I, I, I always roleplay my characters. Like my characters always have like fully fleshed out like character sheets mm-hmm. and the when I wrote mm-hmm. when I wrote Josephine it was with it was with a guy elf who was like a very big trickster, loved like very much like Sarah in the way that they love to do pranks, but also kind of a dick. Uh-huh. If you got on his bad side, like you know he was on his bad side. And I just love it because Josephine's so proper and and she knows how to play you know, play the game and and my character at that time didn't know how to play any game. And he was like, fuck it, I don't care. Like kiss my ass, kiss my Elvidas. Like, you know what I mean? And I just like that. Mm. I like that like <laughs> a synthesis and the synthesization I guess of, of, of those two personalities mm. and but, yeah, I don't know. No. I don't know how I got off of that track. That's not what this episode is about. But I, I do, I do <laughs> like it because I feel like Dorian's friendship in the game, too, is a nice little – it's not the whole picture, obviously, but I think it's a nice little puzzle piece to seeing Cullen as more than just, oh, my God, in, in Origins and in Dragon Age 2, he was a huge dick. And I, and I like the fact that he was kind of still a dick in the beginning of Inquisition. It's a It's a process, and I feel like the Inquisitor is very – important to that growth in him and and it, and mm. that appeals like, like you said like even though I didn't like him I still wanted to get him off the lyrium and I feel like that is a part of the writing too that appeals to people that have just a naturally good nature to be like you know don't burn yourself but help each other right. and and when he's shown that kindness it kind of shows that hey like you're worth it like you're worth you're worth being kind. If, if I can be kind to you and I'm a mage, be kind to yourself. Like, this, if you want in on this, you already shucked the leash, you know, see to it the whole way. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's interesting because, like, when I think of previous Dragon Age games, like, especially Dragon Age 2, I think a lot of the companion stories are about, like, them coming face-to-face with their own, like, greatest vices and, and trying to deal with those and kind of, like, their own hubris and... You know, stories like Merrill and Anders like dealing with the worst parts of themselves. But in Inquisition, the difference there is like it's the story of a lot of characters who have just come from places that have broken them, places that have made them already at their lowest low, and they're finding like new life in the Inquisition. I think just seeing Cullen's day-to-day actions, like you were mentioning, like the Dorian thing I hadn't even thought about as being like just this signal that like, oh hey, yeah, that's Cullen the dude who just vehemently hated mages in Origins like just did not he wanted to destroy the tower <laughs> over what yeah. happened and now he's just hanging out playing a board game with a Taventer mage at his body like,
1: language. look at his body language he's completely relaxed uh-huh. like as a soldier that's huge the fact that he was completely relaxed lounging in the chair with an easy smirk on his face mm-hmm. and felt comfortable enough with Dorian to make fun of him it- a mage from Taventer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like that's
2: huge
0: yeah that's interesting that's a cool that's that's a little cool little tidbit um <laughs> let's talk about Trespasser okay so so for those listening if you've not gotten to Trespasser you have your plane along with us uh, we're gonna be talking about kind of the larger implications because I think with Cullen especially like many characters have epilogues in Trespasser but I think with Cullen specifically it's important we take some time to talk about it because it directly reflects the the choices that you make in inquisition and not just in trespasser but um he uh he shows up he helps out you know he kind of serves his role um if you romance him you can marry him in, in trespasser which i did not know and i found out when i was doing my research for for this episode and i was like oh that's very sweet and you can do like elven vows if you're an elven inquisitor and that's very nice um but it's not fair <laughs> um are you mad you don't get to get hitched and trespasser yes my boyfriend just leaves
1: i know i'm so angry
0: you don't get to ride off into the sunset i'm sorry nope. kett your work is not yet done Ked. mm-hmm you'll be together once <laughs> once the bad wolf man is taken care of
1: i love did you read uh cuz you're a fellow dorian mm. fan did you read his story and uh uh night if yes, i did
2: oh my, my boy's God. doing work i
1: loved it He's doing work. I love it. I was squealing. When I read that, I was literally squealing, and I literally immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, my yeah. God. I love
2: this. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, Natalie Flores, we were both reading it, to cover it for different sites, like, a little bit before it actually had come out. And so she even read it ahead of me, and she was like, you need to stop what you're doing, and you just skip to this story right now. And I was like, but why? <laughs> and she's like, no, just trust me to do it. And then so, like, there's, like, message logs of being like, is this, is this? And then just, like, heart <laughs> eye emojis.
1: Between that and the comics, I was like, mm-hmm. Dorian's getting the spotlight he deserves. Yeah. I love it. Sorry, I get off topic. No, it's perfect. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
0: The, the most pertinent topic whenever Ken is here is Dorian, and every, everything <laughs> else is secondary.
1: As it should be. Um,
0: but with Cullen, uh, depending on the choice you make, his, his epilogue, can, and I guess we should mention that if you try to romance him, but you keep him on lyrium he eventually like grows to resent you and hates you and breaks up with you which is like kind of a as he should kind of a foreshadowing of what happens in trespasser which is if you um and obviously this depends on whether you keep the inquisition together or not so um either way you know he works with the inquisition or, or he retires to a pasture but either way he like starts a program that helps other templars former templars deal with lyrium I and mean, he basically invents Rehab in Thedas, which is super cool. Um, And I thought, like, a very fitting way for him to, like, ride off in the sunset, like Geralt of Rivia, if he so chooses. But um, if you go the other way and you tell him to stay on the Lyrium, he gets, like, the most depressing fucking ending in this video game that is just a freaking, like, you know, it's implied that, like, he's found on the streets just begging for money to get lyrium. I mean, like you have found many other templars in the I mean, it's it's worth mentioning I guess at this point that we've had several instances so far, especially in this game where you are dealing with templars who are trying to get lyrium in some way or another. Obviously, like in Dragon Age 2, Samson was a major case of that where he's a former templar who is doing crimes and such to uh to maintain his lyrium fix and in cole's story the the person that he's hunting is actually a templar that's trying to get lyrium a former templar and cullen ends up in this place where he is just completely destitute and and is looking for lyrium and scout harding is the one who finds him and uh it's it is implied that she either gives him the money to get another fix or gives him a swift end um and it's it's fucking heartbreaking (laughs) like yeah it killed mm -hmm. me i've never seen that ending myself and even just not even seeing it but like reading about it i was like holy fuck like um and and i guess like the thing i'm gonna pose is like obviously this is very difficult subject material when we talk about like addiction in general and, and that's like a major crux of what uh colin's story is in this game and i guess is it like i i feel like i have an internal conflict about like yes you want to portray it in all the ways that it is dire and all the ways that it is bad on a person and ways on a person but also like giving a character that like depressing of an end like i just i feel a little conflicted about it because i'm like man they just really just fucking kill him if you make Mm. this decision and like yes that is the bad decision you shouldn't make that decision why would you make that decision stop that but it's also like fucking heartbreaking to think that that's in there i mean i feel like we've had this with a couple choices in dragon age previously and i know i've had it with other games as well but like man it's i don't know maybe i'm too soft
2: no i (laughs) i feel a similar way because part of me feeling that it's not good to portray it as hopeless like that, and that you know whether it's realistic or not. Like that, he would go down that path. It's just like maybe if like Scout Harding had like found him still, but like maybe went to like try and find a way to help him instead of being like, oh, he's beyond any sort of uh, turnaround here. It might have read a little bit differently. So like, I mean, yes, that is the natural endpoint of the decision that you've made. For him to get progressively worse but I don't like I guess I I don't like that it ends in a way that implies that he was always beyond this like like beyond any any sort of turnaround Um, because yeah I mean that's not that's not a fun thing to like hypothetical to talk about and I don't know like I because like if there are several Epilogues and Trespasser that don't imply That things are going great for everybody Um Uh But that one yeah it's just I don't know Like I'm gonna have a loss for a word for it Because like yes it, it does suck In all the ways we talked about And realistic or not like I feel like it has larger ramifications Than Cullen in terms of like How Dragon Age Views like Rehabilitation? Um, Mm. I don't
1: know. I'm kind of the opposite. (laughs) I I feel like this podcast is going to make me look like a really evil person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually really liked it. I, um, I liked it not because I'm like, oh, misery. But I liked it because it felt like a gut punch. And the whole point of the way... Bioware set up Dragon Age Inquisition is they want you to play it multiple times and that's why the Mage and the Templar sighting arcs are so very different. They want you to go back and choose different choices and I feel like it's so visceral his seeing him like that because through three games we saw him be this strong military type even you know, even in the tower locked with abominations and blood mages and and the like, he was the last one standing. Like, he's this strong. And to see somebody like that fall so hard, I feel like it's not necessarily like a "Ah, ha ha, ha, drug addiction funny story arc. I feel like it was more of like, look, yeah, I don't care how strong you think you are. And again, and, and just to preface, I think this is also my own personal biases coming in with my own history with addiction mm. and my own history with people that were, addic- you know, I've buried a lot. The, when you're, when you go off and off and homeless, you, you, you run with a lot of circles and I have buried a lot of friends due to addiction. I have found friends in ditches. I will never forget when I found my friend, Joey, I, we were finding him. He was missing for three weeks, uh, which we were driving everywhere. We were frantic and I'm the one that found him and he was literally in a ditch. Half of his fe- face was buried in the mud. He was already in the process of decomposition and I will never forget that because it was so like, I didn't even react until like a week later. That's mm. how much in shock I was. I was like, Oh yeah, that's Joey. Like I was very calm. And then like a week later it all hit me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's, and it's true because like, Joe, like with Joey is like, he was such a life of the party. Like, you know, you could be in the deepest pit of your life in depression and he'll pull you out of it. And, to see somebody like that that's such a light end up in that much of an undignified position with something that we thought we could help them with like Mm -hmm. I don't know it, it was it was startling and and I feel like I saw that echoed a lot however I will say and I and I like I said I do I do like it because it does show it doesn't pretty it up it's like yo like we said this was gonna happen we weren't No, we wrote in the dialogue all of the things that happened with Larry what did you think because he was a main character we were going to go easy on him Mm. so I kind of liked it because nobody was expecting it but on the flip side I feel like it was so realistic even though it was just a flash it wasn't like a fully acted out scene I would have liked some kind of a trigger warning Mm. and I know like some people are very like anti-trigger warnings like oh snowflakes but like I feel like with something like that, that is actually a trigger. Like you don't know who's playing your game. The person playing your game might be fighting addiction. And that might be something that could have a reaction you might not be wanting to have Mm. from a player. Cause as a player, like when I did that, when I did my bad inquisitor, asshole inquisitor playthrough, that was one of the the resulting factors of that. And I immediately went in and played a good, (laughs) another playthrough so I could be like, shower him with love and affection so i'd be like i'm sorry past you i love you like Mm. it's fine baby boy but like i I, they i feel like it could have been handled a little bit more carefully with i don't know i feel maybe maybe an interaction interface where you can click to see the different outcomes or something where it was an active choice to see it i don't know i don't know how i think because that would kind of also break how they've always done things so do we really want to break the mechanics that much to where they do something so far outside of what we'd expect? I don't know. I don't know how they should have handled it. I feel like there's a lot of dangerous aspects to it because of the realism presented, but I do appreciate that they took it to that level because I mean, that's what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to make you feel sick. It was supposed to make you feel awful about the, because you're, you're the decision maker and that, you know, if you don't make that decision, he doesn't end up like that. And it's kind of a guilt tactic In a game that is built on feeling the weight of your choices Hmm. Uh. and you see that if you choose vivian as divine if you're kind of a more you know anti-chantry or anything and she ends up as the divine which happened to me do to a glitch at launch and i was so pissed because i wanted liliana and like, holy shit, Like, I felt like I created a monster, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which she became, because she was, not so much that she was evil, because I really like her as a character, but it just was so echoing kind of the conservative narrative right now. And I was just like, Ugh, mm. like I don't feel good about that choice at <laughs> <No>. all. <laughs> so I don't know, I, I appreciated it, uh, but it is, yeah, it was very shocking. And I can see, I can 100% see Why a lot of people were very against that, and that is one hundred percent valid. Because it it was a lot.
2: Yeah, something that has occurred to me now that was how many people that would have been very sensitive to that would have told Cullen to keep taking Lyrium in the first place. Um, Yeah. Because I feel like if you have that sort of like you know history with like you really understand the gravity of it, you're not gonna tell him to keep doing that. You're gonna do what you can to help him. So, like like, the knowledge of it. Well, sorry
1: but don't they do that like don't they don't they give you like there's the codexes about lyrium the journals you can find learning about when you talk to samson and dragon Age 2 don't don't they do that
2: do do what exactly
1: show the benefit or the, the declination of, of lyrium use don't they?
2: Oh like the do effects do? Of, of like both long term lyrium use and also like well, what it does to people who leave the order you know, I meant more like, like like a person that has like a real world experience or like understanding of addiction and like how that affects people I don't think they're going to be inclined to tell him to keep taking lyrium and like get to the point where they're going to have to see that epilogue that shows everything so I don't oh, know that they, Oh I see what you're saying yeah, yeah. I
0: gotcha
1: yeah. okay yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I feel like they. I feel like Bioware broke several of their rules with Cullen. I think they broke a lot of their rules with Anders too. I feel like the blonde boys. I can't stop game. thinking
0: about that. That means like not a terrorist, Chris. <laughs> we do love a bad boy, don't we? Um. <laughs> um. I, I guess it's, it's then worth bringing up the other uncomfortable topic at this point uh, which is like okay so what if cullen does come back in future games and and i would like to see him come back uh i think like having him there even if you know they end up pulling a leliana and being like mm-hmm. oh hey um turns out that scout harding found cullen yeah and got him cleaned up and now he's doing the thing that he did in the good ending so everything's okay i actually would not hate that just because like i would i i I know you can i know you would and and in any other circumstance i would understand but in this one i need it for both keeping my keeping my hope afloat and also not ruining scout harding because i will romance scout harding gods be damned (laughs) um but it's I mean, the big issue there is, is that, obviously, like, uh, Cullen's voice actor has been very vocal about some very, so let's say, unsavory things <laughs> on social media, and it's created, like, a rift at this point. Um, I mean, I know there is there is a rift in the fandom somewhat of people who, who like him and who follow him and who, like, preach him as good, and then also, like fans who very much do not want to support the things that he backs on social media and and the stuff that he says and and it's all kind of a mess and i believe it's created i don't have the tweet up in front of me but i know that it did create like a schism at one point with where bioware had to actually address it obviously like listeners at home normally fm faithful like that does not mean you need to go like yell at him on the internet or anything like that like don't respond to dictum with with being a dick but um it's it, it's created a situation around like a character that just kind of sucks because like this is a character that I think a lot of people really enjoy like it's it, he's a long-running character in Dragon Age and to have it like tied up into this um into these Twitter statements to have it like weaponized as a thing where it's like oh we can spur up. Fans like true fans of of this version of Cullen and stuff like that, and then have that tied into statements that I I think Bioware would be openly against and would not mm. want to like and, have out there.
2: And I think it was Martin Tara, I believe, that tweeted out um yeah Yeah. something along the lines that was like, "You will see where Bioware's va- values lie by who is lending their voices to the game," which more mm-hmm. or less implies that he if Cullen or not like greg ellis is not going to be in the next dragon age um and or if he
0: is that that's i mean that's to be fair that's also like a statement but uh, yeah i'm just saying like that's that's mark very much saying like we are going to let our actions speak much like colin (laughs) we're going to let our actions do the talking um so yeah it's hey look it's video games Every once in a while, the real world has to seep back in and remind you that shit sucks. But it's, <laughs> it's at least heartwarming to see, like, someone like Mark, you know, say straight up, like, hey, we're just going to let our actions do the talking and, and you'll, like, know how we stand on all this because of that. Um, shitty people suck. <laughs> don't be bad. Don't be bad people. If you take anything from this podcast, just learn that. Don't be bad people. Be good people here on the podcast. Liana, do you have anything else you want to talk
2: about in regards to Colin? No,
1: nope, I am good. That was good character. I like him very nuanced.
2: How do you feel about that Dragon Age four teaser? <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how much time we gotten?
1: Oh my god! That, the fa- I'm, I mean, we're pretty sh- we're all on the same page that that was a, a Dorian teaser, right? Like in the water yeah. that that was Dorian I go
0: back and forth on it because he's yeah. I, someone pointed out that he has I, I think it's a sword or like a rapier or something and so that was kind of making me go maybe it's not because like people were also theorizing that that's Isabella in the shot as well um
1: wait what with the mustache no not <laughs> no
0: not in, in the, the, in the <laughs> yeah yeah oh, they're ba- like, <laughs> <laughs> yes it's Isabella in disguise underwater I was so confused <laughs> I was very confused <laughs> um but you know and ken and i differ on this I'm, I'm very much like i want to see some new characters i think that lady canari character they've shown in some of the teaser images looks awesome and i want to see her but um like dorian specifically as a character makes a lot of sense to play a major role in this game so i would be pretty dumbstruck if he doesn't play at least a pretty pretty major if not like companion party role in the next game
1: I think he's going to be, an advi- like, in an advisor position. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like how how he was in, like, the comics, the Mage Killer comic, and how he was in Tevinter Knights, I feel like it is very much poising him to be, like, look how much he's grown, mm. and he's he's a magister now, and this is going to be in Taventer. I don't know, man. I think I, I'm looking at the teaser image right now. I'm pretty freaking confident that's Dorian. He
2: yeah. uh, looks too similar. Like, I, I don't think they'd make a character that looks, like, even remotely... Similar to him yeah. and not be him. Yeah, that's fair.
1: It's it's too. It's like it's dead on the road. I mean, it's all dead on. And it could be like a sky, like a if he was scrying for something, or or maybe it's an enchant. I don't know. We don't. We don't freaking know. I remember hmm. the theories before Dragon Age Inquisition were way off in a lot of ways, but I I don't know. I, there's nothing about that image that doesn't make me. I can't see that being anybody but him. No. I can't. I'm trying to look up something else. I had a, I found I, I had this like whole theory thing typed out, but I can't I can't remember where it was.
0: <laughs> well, but. hopefully, hopefully it is him. And for for Ken's sake, may may there be an inquisitor romance in that as well, God willing. Um, that's gonna cool, do for the colon episode next week we have a guestless episode so we do not have anybody to announce this week because we'll be doing the one the only i feel like arguably most people's favorite dragon age moment ever uh wicked eyes and wicked hearts mm-hmm. like i think oh the one God, that a lot of people God, come away I from that, that game that. going like holy shit that mission ruled um i know mm-hmm. i did i'm very excited to talk about it yeah um and
1: oh i hate that i hate oh my god no <laughs> what
0: you don't like the masquerade ball it rules it's cool
1: no after reading the books i can't stand Celine. oh that's oh. Fair. fuck her oh i mean yeah i can't that is stand fair. her and the timed shit makes me feel so pressured no. <laughs> like the bells ringing oh mm-hmm. yeah i feel so stressed out the whole time <laughs> i dread that every time i replay i always mod it i'll always mod the timer modifier huh. out so i don't have to freak
2: out oh that's a thing i could do are you it's, it's worth it, it. You played no it i have i've not played it yet mm. well we're finally like after next week we're gonna finally at the point where i've like that's where i left off so i actually have to start playing the game again which is fine See, was,
0: I, I try to i try to keep i try to keep it to where i'm playing it every week that's eventually going to become untenable thanks to the the time of year that we are in so i'm probably going to have to hunker down one of these days and just finish the game out so that way i can just be in a good place for that especially like when trespasser comes up uh that's a lot of game so um but yeah we will have wicked eyes and wicked hearts next week we are of course norm dfm a bioware retrospective podcast we have a patreon patreon.com slash norm dfm plenty of wonderful people back us and if you back at a certain tier you'll get your name read every week this week that list is kevin kulikowski chris johns alice hawk colin just colin just reds just zach mickle and the wedge of destiny thank you all so much for contributing if you can't contribute if you don't have the means that's all good head on over to twittercom slash norm dfm show and you can find us there liana where can the wonderful people find your work
1: uh, you can find me over at gameinformer.com or on Twitter at DirtyF and Hippie, and uh, Twitch the same way. Because I'm an adult. I'm a 33 year old adult with very mature <laughs> hi- social handles.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on. I, I was so happy we got you on again, uh, one more time for this for this Dragon Age, and and that we got you on for Colin as well. Uh, it's been a blast.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: We will see all of you next time on Dirty
2: We have watched and waited.